I know Warren never uh, loses his chance to take a pot shot when I'm not here, so I was fully expecting. I don't a, even uh, think that was a pot shot. Yeah, you know, I was fully expected some, you know, some kind of shot across the bow. But hey, you know what? I'm back here, ready to roll. And uh, what was surprising to me was the host country of France. There was French French families there with uh, uh, USA jerseys on, which I thought was pretty cool, pretty interesting. Why do <laughs> you, did you talk? Why were they? Uh, I guess you did. You know why they were wearing? Like American jerseys, are they, were they grateful for the help in World War II, or were they just uh, <laughs> were they just were they just cheering on the U.S. since they both have red, white, and blue? They stink so bad you can't even make it up. Now here, your host of the short thing, Warren Shore and Ryan Silva. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this edition of The Shore Thing here on Talk Radio 1190. I'm your host, Warren Shore, here with Ryan Silva, as always, right here on Sunday nights, Talk Radio 1190, from 7 to 8 p.m. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, where we put all of our old shows up, including a Pick'em show where we preview the football weekend. That is going to be on The Shore Thing, S-C-H-O-R-R, wherever you may listen to your podcast at. Also, follow us on Twitter as well. Good show planned for you today. Obviously, we're going to touch on the Cowboys. Quick little preview of that here before the game kicks off in about 15 minutes. We'll go around the NFL. We'll cut our eye today in the NFL. We'll touch on some college games and what is going on with the Aggies. Uh, We could touch on that game. And then finally, we'll wrap up with some baseball talk towards the end of the show. The regular season is over today. The Rangers closed out Globe Life Park, and we can take a look at the playoffs as well as those get started on Tuesday. But, Ryan, how was your uh, how was your week? Good, man. Uh, solid week. Went to uh, Actually got to go catch one of the Yankee games last night with the wife, uh, so that was nice, even though the Yankees got smacked. You know, I've... I've they they were I don't know if you watched the game at all, but they were pitching a lot of their September call up guys, obviously getting dudes rested coming for the playoff push. But I've been to numerous Yankee games in my life and I was trying to go over it. I think that's only the second time I've seen the Yankees lose. My record's like fifteen and two right now. Not bad. Not at all. Uh yeah, I the last uh my Indians record there lately has been pretty, pretty good. There was one Series, God, I can't remember when this was. It was probably 20, 2010 or 2011. Nah, maybe later than that. I went and the Indians got swept. That was a tough one. Mm, tough. Uh, like they lost on a walk off Friday night. Wasn't, was planning to go to that. We went to the friend Saturday, went with the family. They might have won that or lost that. And then Sunday, wasn't planning on going. We got the tickets. Uh, but my record lately has been very, very good. I think we're like. The last three years we've gone to one game there. They've won all three of them. Nice. But, yeah. uh, three years ago when uh, Jamie and I went, it was a game the Yankees put up like 25 runs. That's always the, fun. That, that was a blast. The guys yeah. were, I mean, everybody was hitting home runs. Everyone was smacking balls off the wall. It was it was a, a good time. But, yeah, um, just getting ready for, for another week here. Yeah, so we'll get into the Cowboys. Uh, I didn't see a lot of the game yesterday. I watched a lot of the game Friday night, the Yankees-Rangers uh, oh, okay. game Friday night. Yeah, uh, I mean, nothing, didn't miss much. Uh, well, I had the Rangers last night, and I had them today. Mm. When you close out the stadium on the weekend, you got to think that yeah, they're going to yeah, get some for winners. Sure. Also, base we get to, before we get in baseball, I expect more from the Los Angeles Giants, or not the Los Angeles, San Francisco Giants. Bruce Bochy is going out. He won you three World Series. Yeah. And you're going to get swept at home 
against the Dodgers. Okay, I don't mind losing on Friday and Saturday. Today, you give up a six spot in the first for Bruce after he gets a six, five, six minute standing ovation from the fans. Unacceptable. Yeah, you look know. at what the Royals did with Ned Yost, their World Series manager. Walk off win. Yeah, you can tell where I had a. Yeah, you were you were uh, you had some invest invested interest. I was going with the parlay of the Royals and Giants, oh. <laughs> the 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 World Series manager retirement at home. Which nice. look. Not, not, not a bad, bad move. Yeah, not a bad move. Not a bad move. Uh, not, not a bad move. But we'll touch into baseball uh, coming up in the final segment of the show. And I, uh, I have another rule. I, I have a rule idea for MLB. I wanna, I wanna hear, hear you on. Okay. We can get to, uh, with the, uh, with the question. And oh, before we get in the Cowboys, I guess, uh, you did text me yesterday. I was caddying in the club championship. Oh at, yeah. At Merido. Uh, so I couldn't do it. A lot of ups and downs, but a lot of ups. Yes, a lot of positives we can take. We, as in Dr. Lissy and myself out there, as we're as as like Jordan calls himself a team, I'd say we're a team out there. A lot of positives we can take uh, from this weekend. Um, but Everton, we mentioned it on Thursday. It seems like you were. I don't know how locked in you were, but you were you were you were watching at least when they answered their goal in the uh, first half. Yeah, it's funny. I tuned in probably about the thirteenth minute, and I think. Uh, uh, who were they? Uh, Manchester City uh, yeah. scored in like the 27th minute. And I was like, all right, already starting, you know, starting off hot. And then the 33rd minute, Everton scores, and I was like, oh man, just an absolute beauty. I mean, <laughs> what a what a cracking strike that was <laughs> from the goal line. From the goal line, <laughs> absolutely, absolute cracker. Um, and uh, so then halftime, I checked out. And because uh, Jamie and I, we actually we went and we stayed out in Arlington last night. We we got a hotel room and stayed out there so we could go check out Texas Live and things like that. Um, so we you know we're packing up and leaving, but then we ended up give or Everton ended up giving up two goals in the second yeah. half. Yeah, it was tough. Look, Man City and Liverpool are like for the title. That's always going to be a yeah. tough a tough game. But I saw it was tied. Look, that was uh, it wasn't an exciting first half. I were there a lot of chances going on or not, or was it kind of just like the Man City just passing the ball yeah. around, let a ho- lot of horizontal passes? Yeah, big time. Okay. And then, and then the I wouldn't say the one chance Everton got they finished on it, but it was very few and far between. Yeah, yeah. But I did hit a nice little uh, early morning uh, soccer parlay with Chelsea and um, who else? Who's Tottenham? A, Tottenham, yes. Little, little. There you go. You know. I gotta say, you were pretty right. But if you those early morning soccer games, you lay a little on those, get a little extra more to put on football that rest of the <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Great feeling. All Great right, feeling. we'll get into an update on our picks coming up after the break. But before we go to break, as we touched on on Thursday with the Cowboys, I didn't. You you have the Cowboys on your card minus two and a half. I do. I I remember. I went back and listened. I didn't really give a pick for this week. Oh, you didn't. I did not. And uh, I've been like. I guess I've been grappling or tussling. I, I've just been – I don't know what to – like, is it a cop-out if I could say I could see the Saints winning and both the Cowboys winning? But I feel like – 100% it's a cop-out. I know it is. But I feel like the Saints – how are they going to respond after last week with the nice road win in Seattle? Like, we see a lot of teams, they win a big game. In the NFL, it's volatile week to week. Like, Seattle looked terrible last week. Then they play at uh, Arizona, who's not very good, but – but then they won the Bucks today. They put up a ton of points on the Rams, who looked okay last week. Like, I don't know. I can't get a read on this, especially with Teddy B. But I still think – I think the Cowboys are still going to win tonight. Mm-hmm. So, I guess I will say I'll take the Cowboys. But they are 9-0. and The Saints are 8-0 at home in their last 
in their last eight Sunday night games. So they are good in prime time. And I just feel like with you have a backup quarterback, and then, you know, the Saints, there is a rivalry, I feel like, between the Cowboys and the Saints, mainly from the Saints fans' perspectives. And now it's kind of uh, gone made its o- way over. Yeah. yeah, made its way over to the Cowboys just because they've been good for a while. So, I mean, the Saints game, the Saints fans take this game uh, pretty seriously. Uh, but I still think the Cowboys come away with the one. Like, I think it's going to be close. Yeah, no, I I think it's going to be pretty close as well. Um, when I say close, I don't mean you know three or five points. Maybe maybe a touchdown, maybe nine points. Um, I just I, I I can't have a ton of faith in in Teddy Bridgewater up to this point. Um, I mean, I know he was a good quarterback before the uh, injury happened, but this team just I mean, it's a, I think it's a different team when Drew Brees is back there versus when Teddy Bridgewater oh, is back for sure. there. You know, when when Teddy Bridgewater is back there, I think they're gonna they have to rely a lot more on Kamara and can't spread the ball around quite as much as they do with Drew Brees. So I think that's going to be an issue, especially as good as the defense has been playing recently for uh, the Cowboys. Um, but I, I still think it's going to be a, a, a tough a tough matchup. And like you said, you hit the nail on the head. It's it's tough to go down and win in New Orleans in um, in the uh, Mercedes-Benz Dome or whatever it is. I know them in Atlanta share the, the, the stadium. Theirs is the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Superdome, And yeah. then I feel like Atlanta is like Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Mercedes-Benz super letdown. I've been right on the Falcons the last four weeks. I could say that. Look, I them going to the Super Bowl probably doesn't look like the best spot for me right now, but I feel like they'll turn it around. Funny quick story. Speaking of of the Saints in the Superdome, um, Jamie and I were talking about the game. She's like, you know, what, what time do they play? Seven thirty. Yeah, and she goes, are they in New Orleans? I said, yeah, they're in New Orleans. She goes, oh, it's always tough to to win in New Orleans. That's true. I said, yeah, you're right. It is. She goes, yeah, but it's it's tough to win in the swamp. No. I said, well, <laughs> almost. That's that's the Florida Gators. Yeah. And she's like, well. New Orleans is kind of like a swamp, right? And I say, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess you they could, got, but they got the wetlands. Yeah. Uh, do okay. Uh, so we talked about on uh, Thursday show, like both offensive lines are really, really good. One yeah. stat I didn't get to that I wanted to get to is that Dak. We were talking about how it's in the third quarter he hasn't had an incompletion yet, but. Uh, NFL Next Gen Stats. I don't know if you've checked out that website at all. They got a lot of good. You could look at like advanced analytics. Yeah. A lot of great stats. So quarterback, one one stat that really pops the eye for Dak, how well he's playing, is completion percentage versus expected completion percentage. So expect expected completion percentage is like what when the pass is thrown, does it have a greater than fifty percent chance of being completed? Mm-hmm. So it's sh- a pass that should be completed. So his completion percentage is 74.5. His expected completion percentage is 64.6. So he's completing about 10% more passes than what he sh- when then than what the NFL Next Gen stats deem he should be completed. So that means he's really fin balls in the tight windows. His receivers are obviously making great catches, but he's really accuracy is really high. He is the best right now uh in the NFL going into week uh 4. So go before Week four, so this was after three weeks. Russell Wilson was at 8.7 in the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Brees, before he got hurt, was 8.5. Mahomes was at 5.7. And no one else was really above five after that. So he really is on a heater right now. Yeah, I mean, we've, like you said, we've, his throwing has definitely seen that, or I think we've seen that his throwing has definitely gotten better. Um, you know, we were always, we'd always make the joke, we're always, you're always good for at least one Dak, you know, egregious overthrow. Mm-hmm. And while we do 
while we have seen that so far this season, it's not as egregious as, as we've seen before. You know, guys miss throws sometimes. That's, yeah. that's just what it's going to be. Everybody misses. Right, throws. exactly. You're, you know, you're not going to be perfect on every throw. Um, so I think we can, you know, kind of tamper the the jokes there now because Dak has shown that he's he's made huge strides in, in his throwing ability and his accuracy and his pocket presence, I think, as a whole, uh, has really improved from – Maybe, maybe from last season to this season, but definitely from his rookie year to where he's at now. I think he's he's made a huge jump. And I wasn't. I don't know if you would call me a, a Dak hater. Do you ever think I was a Dak hater? But I was definitely low on him. You're very low on him. Very low on Dak. Um, is he making me eat my words? Maybe. You know, maybe a little appetizer, but it's not a full on full course meal right now just yet. Yeah, but I think a lot of the reason why he's having such a good year, though, everything's been schemed like way more. Way better. Like, yeah, he's, way the scheming better. is giving him open alleys, and like guys are getting open better, and just like a lot of. They never ran any pre-snap motion last year. Kellen Moore's running a ton of pre-snap motion. So, one, he can see where the defense is going to be, and then it gets defenders going all over the place. So, this schematically, it has totally improved Dak uh, this season, and that's one thing why he's, guys are wide open. They just, They're much easier throws. Much easier throws, and everything is like middle of the field, like 10 yards, mm-hmm. 10, 12 yards over the middle of the field. Yeah, still, they'll get them deep, but there's a lot of slants, a lot of – even just in route, the dig route over the middle of the field. So you got to see how they're going to attack the uh, Saints defense tonight. And Marcus Lattimore is going to, against Amari Cooper, that's going to be a good matchup uh, tonight as well. So, all right, coming up next in the short thing, Talk Radio 1190, we'll dive into the uh, NFL week. It was. There are some pretty good games out there. And look, there's always some surprises in the NFL. So we'll get to those. That's coming up next here, Short Thing Talk Radio 1190. I've been all right, back here, Warren and Ryan here with you for the next 40 minutes. Talk Radio 1190. Cowboys game's just about to start, so turn down Alan Chris with us for the next 40 minutes. All right, uh, so quick recap on our picks. Uh, college-wise, I went 6-3 and three this week, so that uh, takes me to 25-15-1 on the season. And NFL 3-1 and one, had the Bucks plus 9, Giants minus 3, Titans plus 4. Uh, had the Colts. Uh, was trying to ride the streak of the Raiders not covering in first in the Eastern Time Zone. And then tomorrow night I have the Bengals plus three and a half. So I'm trying to get off the three and two trend in the NFL because so far every week I've gone three and two. Ryan, you had a good week in college. Uh, decent week. Well, strong start, strong start. tough finish, tough finish. You would expect Pac-12 teams to be able to put up some points, and apparently that was not the case. Um, so I finished off five three and one yesterday. Brings in the in NCAA uh, brings my total to uh, twenty nineteen and one. So I mean, literally, Mister Five Hundred right now um, in the NFL. Um, I am sitting at one in three right now, so maybe a possible one in four back to back weeks, which would be that'd be su- tough, super tough. Um, so at sitting at one in three right now, I have the Cowboys obviously tonight. Um, uh, I'd be sitting. I'm sitting at eight and eight and seven right now. Or excuse me, excuse me. That was my last week's eight and seven. So I'm sitting at nine and ten right now. So okay, really so need that, Mister Five Hundred. Mister Five Hundred across the board. Five Hundred throughout the board. Yeah, boy, it's tough. I think you had the Hawaii Nevada over, right? It did. Which, which, uh, when you ex- when a team scores like fifty, what was the score? Fifty one to three. Uh yeah fi- okay yeah because uh, yeah the total was like sixty fifty four to three fifty four to three the total was sixty six I think right yeah when you when a team put up sixty three when a team put ups fifty four 
You expect the over to hit every time. And I, even worse, I had the Maryland Penn State oh. over. They put up 59 and it was 62. Literally yeah. just a f- anything, any points from the other team, and you're at least going to get a push. Um, Anything from the other team. So that is. Yeah, the other one I have was Utah. Washington State. That was over. close. That missed by a couple points. Yeah, I missed think. by missed by five points. And yeah. I mean, when was the last time Mike Leach led offense puts up thirteen points? Probably not super recent. Maybe, but probably not. Uh, that's not probably not the. Uh, that's definitely not. The, well, no. What the? What was the? Uh, um. Oh, they haven't played Arizona yet. Um, well, you got lucky. Well, you kind of hurt yourself. No. No. Was it six? It was six and a half, and, the, and Arizona won by three. Okay, that's right. They could have won by. I think they were up by six late or yeah. something like that. I watched that uh, whole. That was a tough. That was a tough game to watch. Um, Good on you for watching that game because you could have paid me to watch that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, though, you see, like quarterback got hurt in the middle of it. Um, all right, so around the NFL, Ryan, where we'll start in the NFC East as well. Okay, so the Eagles we won on starting off with the Eagles. The Eagles won on Thursday night, uh, so that takes them to two and two. The Cowboys still going to lead the division no matter what, but. The Eagles are a weird team. They're very banged up right now. But I feel like they're a team that they are going to be Jekyll and Hyde all week, se- week. all season long. You don't know what you're going to get with them each 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 week. And if they they'll they could put three or four wins in a row together and then they could go on a losing skid. Oh, big time. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head um with that, I mean, as banged up as they are at the wide receiver position, um, I don't think they have a really strong running game right now. Jordan Howard had three touchdowns, but they were all within within the five-yard line. Miles Sanders hasn't been the running back they thought he'd be. Um, and honestly, I don't think Carson Wentz has played as well as they were expecting, as well as we've seen him play uh, early in the season, his, la- his first two years or three years, whatever it's been. Um, but, you know... Uh, What's his, what's his name? Peterson, um, their head coach. I mean, I Doug think Peterson. Doug Peterson. I think he, I think he's going to be able to. He's going to have a longer leash, obviously, because of the Super Bowl win. I mean, that goes a long way. But the stones that this guy has and the situations he goes for it, I think that's going to be something that helps them and hurts them. You I think I mean? he's one of the best coaches in the league. I think so too. Um, I mean, hit, 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 when when he does make his fourth down, you know, calls. Uh, or you know his decisions to go for it. I I always think it's in the right spot, and not more often than not. I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but I guarantee you this team is uh, well over fifty percent on hitting and converting fourth down since since Doug Peterson's been there. Uh, let's take a look at that. But they also he also is very progressive when he goes for two, especially when he's up fourteen to make it a fifteen, or when he's up thir- when he's up fourteen he goes for two to make it like a two score game or like fifteen points. He'll do that because he'll be like, all right, guess what? Um. Uh, it doesn't. We're still up. We're still up big. So why you're? We're still up at least two scores. So we'll just try and make it harder for you. So you have to go for two. Right. Um, and then other AFC East matchup today. It was okay since twenty in twenty seventeen they were twenty for twenty nine on fourth downs. <laughs> uh, uh, let me check. Uh, twenty eighteen. But you do want to touch on the uh. Uh, Giants and Redskins. This was the quarterback matchup that everybody was uh, hoping for. Well, as well, I got the so in uh, twenty eighteen, Philadelphia was sixty two percent on fourth downs. Don't have the numbers, just the percentage. Okay, um, so they're hitting pretty the last two years, pretty good rate in the sixty percent rate on fourth downs. Yeah, but this Haskins versus Daniel Jones. It only took to the second quarter to get to uh, to. 
to that matchup people were looking for after Case Keenum just inexplicably overthrew Trey Quinn. Uh, yeah, I mean, it should have been a walking walk touchdown. touchdown. But I mean, the Giants this, win today. This, this Redskins team is just terrible. I mean, they the from top to bottom. Obviously, ownership we know has been a mess for years. Bruce Allen, he's never going to get fired because he's buddy buddy with with uh, Daniel Snyder. But Jay Gruden is a dum dum. The guy's an idiot. So Jamie and I we're driving home. I'm listening to the game on the radio. The first quarter, we get third down and five. The guy, the uh, announcer, I can't remember who who's calling the game on ESPN radio. Says was it Adam Amin? No, it was not. Um, it was a guy with a with a with a, a weird like almost like Eastern European name. Okay. Um, but uh, so he says, all right, you know the the Redskins have trips receivers on the right and one receiver on the left, and I, and as soon as he said that, I said, oh, okay, so we're gonna throw a slant and it's gonna get batted down to be fourth down. What happens? You throw a slant, it gets batted up in the air and it gets picked off. I mean, you know, I from see what, that. you know from what you know personally, and anybody else out there that's a that's a big fan and watches a ton of their team's games, you know, you can kind of guess or you kind of have a good idea of what they're going to run in certain situations because you watch them so often. If I'm driving down George Bush, listening to the game on the radio, and just by the announcer announcing the formation you're in, and I know what you're doing, chances are teams are going to know what you're doing too, Jay Gruden. Yeah, he has. We just talked about Doug Peterson and his creativity. Jay Gruden is probably on the opposite spectrum of that. Zero creativity. Yeah, he had a, he had a good offense with Andy Dalton, AJ Green when he was down in Cincinnati, but I don't know what's happened here. I mean, we've had weapons. Do we right now? No, definitely not. He's drafted. I'd say he, he's probably hitting a little bit higher than fifty percent on his draft picks. I'm talking early round draft picks. Trey Quinn's been great. He was uh, uh, the last pick of the draft uh, two years ago. But as bad as this offense is, the defense is even worse. The Redskins. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're beat down with the Redskins are beat down with uh, a ton of injuries right now, but still, we couldn't stop. We can't stop anything. And credit to the Giants, Wayne Gallman was great for him. Daniel Jones looks great. I laughed when the Giants took Daniel Jones sixth overall. They're the ones laughing now. Probably I mean, everybody did. Most people did. The fact that Jay Gruden, I mean, Case Keenan was in a walking boot because he had a sprained foot earlier this week, and it was like, well, you know, maybe this is Dwayne Haskins show, and it was like, actually, maybe we have a better chance of seeing Colt McCoy. If you're going to have a quick trigger like that on Case Keenum, why not prep to have Dane, Dwayne Haskins be the starter if your trigger is going to be that quick? Yeah, I don't get that. I this is a guy that. that's obviously, his seat is hot, rightfully so. So now he's going to be trying to pull everything out of his hat to see what can make what he can get to work. But if you're going to bring Dwayne Haskins in that early, either start him or make the switch at halftime. Don't make a switch in the middle of the second quarter. That makes zero sense. Give the guy when you're going to go through your second half adjustments at halftime Bring Dwayne Haskins in and make sure that he's on the same page as the coaching staff to make sure that everything is rolling the way it should be and not just wait or not just do it in the middle of the second quarter. It was uh, Mark Kestischer, Dusty Dvorak, and Ben Hart. Dvorak, that was the one I was talking about. Uh, he was doing a college game yesterday. He was, he was, he's Mr. Cliche. Oh, big he time. He is Mr. They Cliche. I think he was doing Clemson. He was doing Clemson, North Carolina. I think I, he was cliching the heck out of hell. It was, it was atrocious. They were talking one time. It really stuck out to me. They were talking about Ryan. Uh, is it Ryan Connolly, the the middle linebacker for the Giants? I don't know his name. And um, so uh, they bring him up, and they, and then Dvorak goes, "Oh yeah, this is a guy that's just always around the ball. Always needs to be where he need, where he has to be. And like you're like just your cliche, oh, cliche linebacker guy. Yeah, yeah, it was he was bad. He, and I will say this, I. I do feel bad for you because I I know the pain. 
uh, that you are going through. It's tough. Uh, it's tough. But I will say, when Jabril Preppers has a pick six, you yeah. know things are you know, things are not tough. great. Not great. Not great. All right, we'll take a quick break. A couple other games around the NFL. We'll touch on them. We will touch on that Clemson North Carolina game, Huge. and then we could touch on the Aggies as well. So that's coming next here on the Short Thing Talk Radio, eleven ninety. All right, Warren and Ryan back here. Short Thing Talk Radio 1190. Be with you for the next half hour. Uh, all right, we're going around the NFL. There's a couple other things we wanted, or at least I wanted to touch on before. How about the vol- the NFL? Such a week-to-week league. And everybody makes these just overreactions of just like, this team stinks, this team's incredible, blah, 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 blah. And then you get a week like this when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, hung 55 on the Rams, on the road, two quarters where they put up 20 points on them. They scored seven in the first, third, three points in the third, then go 21 in the second, 24 points in the fourth quarter. So they close the halves with, you could say, 45 points in those quarters. They win by 15, 55 to 40 against the Rams. And again, first of all, that's why gambling is so very hard in the NFL because every week you just, who knows what's going on. Just look at the Raiders. And, uh, look, Bruce Arians got something cooking with Jameis. I mean, he still makes the stupid interception, but I think Bruce Arians, if they make that kick last week, they could be 3-1. and one. And they got something. I don't know what's going to happen. You asked the question a couple weeks ago, right, of who was the team that was in last place yeah. last year that uh, could be win the division this year. The NFC South is open. You could say, I mean, the Saints, obviously, but without Bruce Rudin. The Bucks might be that. Were the Jag? Did the Jags finish last in the division uh, uh, last year? No, I don't believe so. Let me see if I still have um, this. Uh, but if they if the Jags didn't, I I think the Bucks might be at the top of the list for me on that. Well, yeah, I mean that obviously sitting where they're at now, you have to. And we you know we kind of went through the other teams, and the only one we could really come up with was was the Jets, and they're not even the the second best team in that division right now either with the Bills playing as well as they are. The Jags did get last last year. They did get last. They okay, did. so um so yeah, there there's another so you know we and it's funny cuz last week we did or a couple weeks ago when we talked about that we were like, yeah, I don't think I think it's going to be the first time that it doesn't happen. Well, shoot. Here we are. You know, just 2 weeks later talking about um you know, this team this team that team might be, might be the team that, that that does it again. So yeah. you're absolutely right. I mean, the Colts looked hotter than ever and they lose to the Raiders after the Raiders, you know, took a dump in the middle of the field last week. Um and the the Lions and Chiefs that, that game came down to the wire. So it's just it's just wild. The Titans were blowing the doors off the Falcons uh for most of the game. And so you know, just week to week it's so tough in the NFL to to, to put that's why we, we if you if you've been listening to the Thursday shows some of these spreads of six and a half um, and ridiculous. eight and eight and a half. The Bucks like, were nine and a half today. You're just, you're just like, how am I supposed to bet this either way? Like on either side. Like how am I supposed to be able to 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 gauge a you know a, a credited like a like a smart and educated guess here? You know how yeah. like what am I supposed? There's there's no stat out there that's going to tell you that the game's going to go one way or the other. There just is for sure. In college, maybe in baseball, maybe other sports, probably there's more so. But the NFL. It's just it's just wild. The only uh, bet you can bet on right now is take anybody playing the Redskins and take anybody playing the Dolphins. Yeah, uh, and the the Falcons are now zero and eleven against the spread against AFC teams. The last eleven times they've played, they play an AFC team next week. That was one of your that was one of your picks this week. Yeah, right? that guy because you were riding the trend. I'm riding the trend, and guess what? I'll probably ride the trend next week when they play at Houston. And one thing before we get to college, uh, please. 
uh, alert me when the Baltimore Ravens beat a team with that has a win on the season uh, because they stink. Lamar Jackson, scrolling through the timeline today during the game, the Lamar Jackson fan club must have took a Sunday off. I don't know where those people are at. Uh, we we don't take Sundays off in the NFL. The Baker Mayfield fan club's there every week. We are there. We will be critical. But uh, the Lamar Jackson fan club seemed to be missing this week. Maybe that was just me, Ryan. I don't know if you saw the same Lamar Jackson tweets today that I didn't see, but uh, they seem to be missing. Yeah, I mean, he was Stinks. not good today. He um, had a pass. Oh, sorry. No, no, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. He had a pass. It was in the second quarter. He scrambled. The guy, we could have thrown him the ball 15 yards, 20 yards down the sideline. He leads him out of bounds. It was a third down play, third and six. Guy steps out of bounds to catch it, punts. The Browns go down, and uh, I think they scored a t- uh, field goal or something on it. But it was one of the worst throws I've ever seen. It was so bad. Any of us could have thrown it. And you just got to lead him. No one was even within the camera angle of him. It was so bad. But he stinks. And the Ravens, both teams they've beaten, don't have a win yet. So that shows you how good they are. Yeah, I mean, it's tough way, you know, way the first two weeks you're just lighting up the NFL. And so, but they oh, didn't Lamar even Jackson. light up the Cardinals, though. They beat them by six. Lamar Jackson is, you know, he's a he's a fixed man. He's now he's now a passer. He's not even a running quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then you go out and like a couple of legs back-to-back days or back-to-back yeah. weeks. Hey, excuse me. hate to see it. It's tough. And I have the question that I have for you at the end of the show. I feel like I know the answer. All right. And based on what you just said now, and based on your Instagram stories today, I think I know the answer. <laughs> well, Instagram stories are a wild ride if you would check it out. Wouldn't you agree? They are something. Entertaining. <laughs> they, Entertaining to say the least, right? What's that line from Blades of Glory? It gets the people going. It does. I I couldn't tell you five, six people saying we're going to get steamrolled by the Ravens today. Talk about a victory lap I had. I didn't say anything <laughs> until after the game. Didn't say anything after. All right. Quickly as we go to college. Clemson, uh, North Carolina. Good game yesterday. Great. Uh, I feel like Clemson is a mirror image of 2015 Ohio State after Ohio State won the title, that first college football playoff, when they had Zeke coming back, JT, the whole, all their dudes that went to the NFL, Bosa, that whole team, came back. They were just la- they were just like going through the motions all year, like just, hey, we're going to beat all these teams. Some of the games were close. They just got bored with the season. I feel like that's what Clemson is doing so far this season. They beat the Aggies, didn't look great in there, but kind of controlled the game. They did not look very good against North Carolina as uh, they win 21-20. And Mac Brown, uh, they also said that Mac Brown took like fell in love with Dabo when he was in the yeah. television studio and like studied him to death so like he knew what Dabo was going to do. So I feel like that's a huge thing. But uh, totally like going for two there. Yeah, You just can't run the, the – like a – triple option or whatever. I was hoping when the ball popped in the air, that guy was going to score it. Yeah. But love the call going for two. Just we need a better play call. The decision to go for two is great. The call for sure. Terrible. Yes. Um, yeah, I was watching it real time. We were, we were in the hotel room watching it. And once they scored, I mean that, that drive that North Carolina put together there. The very good. Very good. And they get down there and he's, and Mac sends them out to go for two. I said, big balls, Mac. I mean, he, he yeah, I mean, that was huge. But, but I don't even feel like it's that. I know a lot of times now you see teams go for two if they're down one. But like in that, you've gone toe-to-toe with Clemson for 60 minutes. Right. Are you really want to go through another overtime when you get you need two yards to win the game? So I don't think it's really that hard of a call to say, hey, 
we're going to go for the win here. And if we don't, we're going to lose. Like, I get in overtime, you might get lucky and get an interception. But North Carolina won, what, like one game last year, two games last year? Mm-hmm. They're not used to winning. Clemson does wins. They've won 20 in a row. They just know how to win. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're you're, you're right in a sense of, of making the call isn't hard, you know, the, the decision to go for two. But every coach... See, I, this is why I think Mac, Mac Brown's in a perfect position because it's like, yeah, I'm here back in North Carolina, kind of where I got things started. So it's not borrowed time, but it's like, you know, he's he's just like he's playing with house money, I feel like, right now. Cause he, Especially this year. Yeah, he, he makes that call. They go for it. Oh, my God, Mac is the man. They He calls it. They don't get it. It's like, hey, you know what? Mac showed some confidence in his boys. He, he wanted to go out and win this game. He Like you said, he went to battle with this with the top team, arguably, in the nation and was right on the doorstep of beating them. And so, you know, he he's playing with house money right now. So I love the call. It's not the safe call, which probably 90% of coaches would go for. Um, but, uh, you know, again, you just got to come up with a better a better play call than the triple option there. Yeah, they won two games. They'd be Pitt, and then they'd, then they'd be Western Carolina. Uh, so one against an FBS team. And this year, they've... They've been in every single game. They have been in every single game. Yeah. Their biggest margin of defeat was against uh, Wake. That was six points. That's been their biggest margin. And they were they were down game. three, yeah. like two minutes left. Yeah, so they have had a chance to win every single game. Uh, so they can maybe rattle off a couple of wins. All right, the Aggies yesterday. I feel like that's the other big story, wouldn't you have to say? They first of all, Hold on, first of all, before we get to this credit to you, you were on the Ohio State blowout. Yeah. I was a little, I don't want to say, I was, uh, I don't, questioning but i thought it'd be a little closer just because i've been burned by the ohio state the past two years going into big games on the road and getting trounced but this is ryan day ryan day is, has the coach is coaching better than urban meyer did the past two years i you can you can whatever call me crazy but he is totally doing that i would the argue team, that he has a better quarterback than urban meyer had his last two years not last year with haskins i think for the offense that they run i would well, i'll uh, maybe, but Haskins put up 50 touchdowns. Yeah, no, no like, doubt. I mean, look, last year's team shouldn't have lost by 30 to Purdue. I'm just saying they're better prepared under Ryan Day right now than they have been under Urban Meyer the past two years for road games. But uh, the Aggies, uh, they they might just not be very good this season. I think we have to come. I think peop- that A&M needs to come to that realization. Yeah. This was a perfect setup. I don't want to say perfect spot because Arkansas is probably trying to play much harder after they lost to San Jose State last week but I mean this game should have not probably if you if you really are a good team you beat Arkansas by 17 20 points oh big time big time I mean that's what I was kept waiting for and the fact that uh Arkansas was sticking around for so long I mean it that this game pretty much came down to the wire it but, did? but watching this game I because I, I had the total so I was just rooting for points and we left a lot of points out on the field we ended up getting a push right at 58 um, oh, a couple missed tough. field goals, yeah. A couple missed field goals, a couple interceptions in the red zone. That's tough. But just watching the game, because now I have a little vested interest in in A and M, because I went out on a limb and said that they're going to win eight games. <laughs> now I will be shocked <laughs> if they win six games, because they can't block anybody. Kellen Munn is running for his life back there. He doesn't look very good because he because he can't get any blocking up front. I mean, he has great wide receivers, really good wide receivers. Uh, the the three headed monster in, in Kendrick Rogers, uh, uh, Osbin, Jamon Osbin, and uh, I can never remember uh, Quandre Davis. Quandre Davis, yeah, very good, very good wide receivers there. But they can't run the ball because they can't block. And Kellen has no time back there, and so he's very erratic. And it's just it's just wild to me at how bad this Jimbo Fisher-led team is. The whole reason I thought this team was going to be good 
was because of Jimbo and because I thought Kellen was going to be able to progress a little bit more in, you know, in his second year under Jimbo and because he had such good weapons on the outside. But Lord Almighty, this team is not good. They can't block anybody. In the running game, 33 carries for 89 yards, and 33 of those were on 14 attempts from Kellen Mond. And one of those was like an 18-yard scramble. It wasn't even like a design. A designer. They can't do it. And the Arkansas offensive line isn't even that physical. Or exactly. defensive line isn't even that great. Bro, you could uh, suit me up and give me 60 minutes. I bet you i get at least half a sack. <laughs> uh, I, they just, they got a bye week this week. Um, then they come back and play Bama. Yeah, then they come back and play Bama. And then they got the two Mississippis. And as we've said at the beginning, you got to beat the two Mississippis if you're going to be good. And looks like the the it's ripe for Mississippi State this year. Uh, especially because you should beat Ole Miss, but and it's kind of a bummer for uh, Nick Starkle to go out after being yeah. at A and M. You you're excited to face him and you get hurt. Um, but Ben Hicks looked good. The SMU transfer, he looked pretty good. Uh, but can, whoa, whoa, can we talk about SMU for a second? Yeah, <laughs> they're a wagon. They are a wagon. Just absolutely steamrolling people. <laughs> yeah, I'm first time they've been ranked since uh, October of 1986. First time they've been ranked since the death penalty. Yeah. We said on, they win, they could go undefeated this year. We, I said that on Thursday. Yeah, we, we, both, both, yeah, we both said that. And and they said it on the broadcast, too. They got nobody. Um, We, uh, I'm, oh, I made the biggest mistake on Saturday, yesterday. So we're watching the game. It's 34-0. And because I'm flipping all around, you know, doing a little whoop around coverage of my own. And I see that they're up 34-0. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I'm on SMU again. You know, this is my fourth win on them in the five weeks. Like, I'm just absolutely killing it with SMU. They're they're gonna, you know, they're so good, blah blah blah. And I looked down and realized it's only the second quarter. And I said, <laughs> "Oh boy!" I said, "Your boy's gonna lose this game now because I just went and popped off and ran my mouth talking about how good nah, they were." It wasn't even but close. yeah, it was never, never, never a doubt. But uh, yeah, I mean, they they could run the table. They could. I mean, I'd like to see them crown themselves national champions, a la uh, UCF. UCF. But uh, I mean, I think they would play. You have to play UCF in the uh, uh, conference championship game if they keep winning out. Which, uh, if they go undefeated, they would host. Right. And if they win that, I think up on the uh, New Year Six Bowls hosting is the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. So they get to play in the Cotton Bowl this year, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be dope. Um. So yeah, they are a wagon. I thought this could have been a letdown. I mean, I always thought they were going to win, but I thought this could have been a letdown. But boy, they. They are full steam ahead, and I saw they're only 12-point favorites against uh, Tulsa this week. Um, I'll take that right now. I mean, I can't stop them now. I know. I no, can't stop can. them now. Like I said, I'm 4-0 when I've picked them, so I I mean, obviously, because uh, they're 4-0, and they've been dogs in a couple of those, but it's just like I, I can't yeah. quit them. I'm going to ride sure. them till the wheels no. fall off. Look, you got to jump on the wagon, stay on the wagon whenever you can. All right, coming up, we'll get in some baseball talk in the final segment of The Short Thing right here on Talk Radio 1190. Born and Ryan here with you for the next 10 minutes. Short Thing Talk Radio 1190. Check us out Apple Podcast. That is going to be the Short Thing Talk Radio 1190. Also, you can listen to us live streaming on the iHeartRadio app. And we're also on the iHeartRadio podcast app. So check us out. There are baseball season over. Playoff starts on Tuesday with the NL wildcard game, Brewers and Nats. And then the A's and Rays uh, play in the wildcard game on uh, Wednesday. Rangers finish up with 78 and 84 record on the season. Uh, win the last series at home at Glove Lake Park. Got to say that is pretty good. Uh, so all in all, I would I don't look 
I would say the season, I think it's kind of stupid to say the season's a success or not, but they definitely exceeded expectations through the beginning of the year, at least the first half of the season. They kind of faded like we all expected or we were wondering when the shoe was going to drop. And they got some core pieces going ahead into next year, so that was good. Uh, I will say that. And it's just disappointing, I guess, to me that they're leaving the ballpark because the ballpark, from what I've seen, it just it looks like uh, a replica of Minute Maid. Yeah. And you always want to have some, like, distinction for your own ballpark. And if it's, like, Minute Maid, you really don't have that. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, it's funny. We were just talking today about how uh, – uh, I mean, the Globe, Globe Life Park is a, is a great stadium. Great, great. I mean, fantastic. It just doesn't have a dome. Right. That's the only issue right now in, in, in Texas in the summer. I mean, you absolutely need it. Um, or at least if they could just, like, flip it so that the sun isn't – Melting everybody on the first base side, if they could. Get I don't know how you, you can't do that. Though. I mean, you, you get, can't flip when this where the sun is. <laughs> Obviously, thank you. I, thank you for that. But if they could have it to where, like, you know, the sun would be beaten down like center field or something, they just need to put an awning, just like an awning, something like that. I mean, yeah, I mean something, something. But I mean, like the whole center field setup is. I love, I love the outfield. Uh, you know, behind center field, um, the buildings or whatever it looks like, all the windows yeah. and things. I mean, I, I think that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's tough. Um, I mean, this stadium is not very old either, and 20, uh, 25 years old, something like that. Yeah. Um, but like you said, going back to actual games being played on the field, I think the the Rangers should be pretty happy about where they finished. I mean, right over, right around five hundred, not not exactly five hundred. Started off hot. I mean, you saw a ton of improvement from Gallo. Um, so, you know, you, like you said, some of those core pieces, oh, speaking of crazy. So obviously when they were going, you know, they're, they're playing all these different moments at, at Globe Life Park, two of the three farthest home runs ever hit at Globe Life Park. Do you know who hit them? Stanton. Mazzara. Oh, really? Yeah. Did Stanton have one of them? Uh, well, they might've only done Rangers. Okay. They only did Rangers cause it was Josh Hamilton, uh, was three and then oh, yeah. Nomar Mazzara well, had two. Was home run port city up there? No, the stand one I'm thinking of. I saw in batting practice when I yeah. went. I had credentials. He hit it over the center field thing. <sighs> it was like it hit the back. Yeah, and it was like it was a rocket. But yeah, so that um, I thought that was pretty interesting. Mazar's only been around you know a couple of years, but has the two long some runs in in uh. Yeah, I mean history. when he hits them, he hits them far. Yeah, uh, he hits them really really far. But yeah, they got some pieces and they they can add. They definitely need a third baseman. Yeah. In the offseason, definitely need another starting uh, guy. So some of the guys that have been named are like Donaldson or Rendon. If they Josh gonna... Johnson here would be wild because of uh, a couple yeah. years ago during the ALCS. Um, yes. Uh, oh, this is a crusher uh, stat. So Nomar Mazar in his career every year had 20 home runs, 19 this year. Ugh. Just missed it. Just missed it. But he needs to take a step forward next year because his war was uh, like, Zero, I think this year it was not a good, not a good year. I know he was hurt a bunch, but not a great year for Mazzara. What's your uh, What's your take on the uh, the Mike Miner thing that went on this week? Uh, look, both teams were eliminated. I could see how it annoyed the Red Sox, but I think the Red Sox were also playing into it by swinging at literally every first pitch, so he couldn't get strikeouts. Yeah. Like they played into it, and then the Rangers played into it. So guess what? It doesn't really matter. You're both out of contention, and I don't. I still haven't heard if Mike Miner had a bonus in his contract for getting 200 Ks. But a 200 inning, 200 K season is still something to like. That's still pretty solid, and especially uh, for guys battled back from injuries. Yes, yes. I mean that's so, huge for him. Like I, I don't. Th- I don't think you can fault the guy at all. Oh, for sure. And um, guess what? Don't strike out nine times in a game if you're going to do that. <laughs> like seriously, that's up to you. That comes to my point of my question is, or what what I have for you is. 
in September, say the last three weeks, last two weeks of the season, teams that are not in contention are playing games against each other. So they have nothing to play for. So bottom feeders, teams eliminated. Now home field advantage doesn't apply for. Uh, it's obviously playoff races. Uh, but when it gets to the 10th inning, we do Olympic softball rules. Just throw a guy at second base because the Rockies and Giants this week played a game of like 17 innings. Who cares? You're both eliminated. The Diamondbacks did the same thing. Let's end this game quick. The players don't want to play 17 innings. Oh, the Diamondbacks and Cardinals, too. They played 19. Yeah. Uh, The Cardinals, okay, so that would have had to matter because the Cardinals were still in the race. But Olympic rules, let's end this sucker quick, and let's test it out in this situation. I know it's like different rules, but guess what? You want to do it? Let's just do it. I don't think anyone would have a problem with it. It What does it matter? Who cares? I mean, I don't hate it. you know, I don't. You know, throw a guy out on second, one out, something like that. Um, you know, that's I, I don't hate that move. Uh, we have something similar in select ball where it's the California shootout. You go bases yeah, loaded, one out. A little, I'm I'm against that one. That one's baseball. tough. That one's tough. Bases loaded, one out. I mean, yeah. yeah, you're one pitch away from getting out of the inning, but also that thing could just snowball real quick. And this quick. is just pace of play. Right. All we hear about pace of play, pace of play. play. It's September. And, and like you said, only only teams that that it does not matter for. Yes, only, I agree with that. So so like the maybe ti- maybe let's give them one inning of regular baseball and then do the eleventh. Okay, yeah. so the Tigers and White Sox are playing this week. Honestly, it probably attracts some eyeballs onto these games mm-hmm. just to see what it's like. I think it'd be pretty exciting. Yeah, no, I like I said, I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate that move at all. All no. right, uh, quickly before we get to your question, uh, what's your World Series? You're still sticking with your World Series preseason? Prediction? What, what I say? I think you had, you had the Yankees. I know that for yeah, sure. I, I don't know who you had in the uh, in the NL. Uh, I'm going old school throwback. I'm going to go Yankees Braves. Okay. I think it's going to be the Astros and the Dodgers. Still, that's what I had at the yeah. beginning of the season. But I, I think will, I might have said Yankees Dodgers. Okay, I will say this. I think the team. Uh, so it's the Yankees and the Twins, which is probably going to be like 10-10 every night. Both teams can't pitch. They only hit home runs. Yeah. Uh, so that takes away the. Pitching wins in the postseason. Uh, but I will say the team in the NL that I think can make a run. I think the Nats, Nats yeah, are. They, you throw hot. out Corbin, Strasburg, Scherzer, and Corbin as a front three. That's as good, in my opinion, as like Cole Verlander. Maybe a slight step below Cole yeah. Verlander and Grinky, But that is right up there with the top of the the top pitching three in, in baseball right now. No, I agree. Yeah, the, the Nats are hot. They're rolling right now. They get. I feel like they're playing with an extra chip on their shoulder. Um, and this uh, last series against the Phillies, I think, was a big middle finger to Bryce Harper. Oh, for sure. And Especially clinching yeah. the wild card when they were against Harper and everything like yeah. that. Oh, for sure. Big time. Um, if uh, if this is a trust circle and we can, you know. We both said the Phillies were making the playoffs, by the way. We did. We so did. that's nice. But uh, if we're in the trust tree right now and we can – Feel comfortable talking about our feelings? I don't think the Yankees are making the World Series. Yeah, I don't think they are either. I I think it's definitely the Astros to lose. Yeah, I would say so. But I also I feel like the Astros have a lot of pressure on themselves, like self-imposed pressure. And I don't know how that's gonna. I mean, it's you could say it's worked well so far, but like I don't think the Astros want to see the A's. Really, the A's. I were like really. They played really good baseball against them. I don't think they want to see. I think they want the Rays to win that wild card game. Now, if I'm the Astros, I don't throw Verlander game one or game two. He dominates the A's in the 
in Oakland in the postseason. Mm-hmm. He has he's given up like one run in like eighteen innings there. Save him for Game Three and just end that there. I know that's stupid to say, but like. They should just pitch him in Oakland. But when you're going Cole Granky, I mean, I think you're okay. I know, but you're going to tell Verlander, hey, you're a game three starter. I'll you're be right. like, I'll be like, Justin, look at your numbers in Oakland when you were with the Tigers in the playoffs. It's a guaranteed win no matter what. Yeah. And he pitched some crucial game fives there. Yeah, but yo, I think for sure it's the Astros uh, series to lose. What is your uh, question? We got like 45 seconds left. Sorry. Uh, all your favorite teams across all four major sports, they all have rivals. Yeah. But what team do you hate the most? Uh, well, see, it goes in, like, the Cavs, I hate the Warriors the most. Right. But then that's going to go away when Curry leaves, so that's, like, no hate there. Uh, my dad hates the Ravens the most. Yeah. And and it's not, like, the players or Harbaugh, the fans. Like, he despises, uh, the fans and, uh... I mean, the Ratbirds, just a dirty place. <laughs> um, uh, but me, for football, I don't know. The Ravens and Steelers are the rivals, but they've drilled us every single year. Right. I mean, probably, I don't, I, I mean, you know, I don't like the Yankees or the Red Sox. That's, for me, that's a tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's the other four sport? No, no, you can only pick one team that you just absolutely hate. Oh, uh, I probably don't want to see the Ravens ever win a Super Bowl. Okay. What's yours? Quickly. I don't want to, I'm going to abstain because I might lose credibility on this radio show. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. That's our show.